millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello there and welcome back to another installment of your favourite podcast, Mysteries of the Unexplained. I am the host du jour, Annie Gahan, and here is a man who doesn't speak any French and doesn't have any elegance within his soul at all, William O'Hanlon. Je m'appelle William O'Hanlon. <laughs> just as you went to say your name there, there's a duck outside my window. Just, I don't know if it'll pick it up on the recording, but just as you went to say your name, the duck went... <laughs> <laughs> Even your animals hate me at this stage, is it? Jesus, training an army. Every time that you come up the driveway, I'm like, attack duckies. Oh, so yeah. it's a wet and wild windy morning here, Sunday morning, as we record this in the southeast of Ireland. And uh, the ducks uh, love it. But what they love to do is come underneath my mobile home looking for like bugs and slugs and stuff and wake me up being like, eh, 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 eh. They are so noisy. If people think that ducks are cute, they're, they actually shit so much. They make so much noise. And they're kind of a little bit dumb. Like every time you go to hunt them in in the evening and feed them, they just get in like, they just panic. Like panic is their, panic is their number one go-to emotion. <laughs> they're like, oh, fucking panic. I'm like, oh my God. Well, uh, in fairness, yeah, I would be terrified if you were chasing me with food. So... <laughs> I would say they're probably living on their last nerve. I'm trying to gently guide them into the pen like they have done for years. Fucking idiots. Um, (laughs) Hey, Will. Hey, girl. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm good. It is a wet and wild uh, morning here, which is me. And I'm always on days like this. I'm always freezing. Freezing, freezing, freezing. So I have my uh, comfy little clothes on. But it does mean I need to actually probably go outside at some stage and do a little bit of uh, manual lifting. I have to bring all that coal up to to my back door there, Annie, for the winter, you know. Shit is cray cray at the moment. So uh, do you have a fire now, Will? Do you be burning sticks and coal? Oh, I have my little stove here. It's the cosy, snuggly, wuggliest thing in the world. I know, I've got one too. I know, I know we're not saving the universe by doing that, but we're actually trying to warm ourselves. <laughs> I'd be chopping up kitchen tables and throwing them into the fire. <laughs> well, I've witnessed you do some some similar stuff in Ardmore. And the last, the last time I was in your house, you had the stove on 
and then you closed the door so hard that you broke the glass on it. You are not. I did not that monster stove well. You're not. I absolutely did not break that. Now, if Dave too came in here, he would be like, "There was a row." Dave, Dave tried to put a stick that was too big into the fire and cracked the glass. The glass that I clean every. There was nearly a divorce before there was a wedding. <laughs> but enough about that. Enough about trying to more heat stove our houses and talk, divorcing please. our families. More stove, more stove talk. <laughs> We are so old. We are actually 120. Welcome to the stove podcast. (laughs) What kind of stove do you have? I have a fascinating little story for you today and I'm just going to get right into it here and uh, we're going to quit the stove talk right now. Are you all ready for this? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, here we go. It was early November of 1979. I had just moved back to my hometown of Pittsburgh from the Colorado Rockies. On a grey Sunday afternoon, I was bored and restless and decided to catch a movie at the local theatre about a mile or so away. I looked up at the sky as I got out of my car several blocks from the movie house. Overhead, the soggy graphite clouds were ready to burst. If it was raining when the show let out, I'd be sopping wet and freezing cold by the time I got back to my old station wagon. I didn't wear a jacket. (laughs) I don't know why this is relevant. You should be wearing a coat. It's raining. A few hours later I left the theatre. I saw a major cloudburst looming just seconds away in the dark swirling skies above me. I made a dash for the car, jumped in, closed the door just as the rain fell in buckets and my wipers began to flap back and forth. Although I hadn't been in town for several years, I knew exactly where I was. Go down this street, make a left, follow a mile and wait a second. I must have made a wrong turn in this crazy storm. I am now heading down a long steep road I have never seen before. I look for a place to turn around, but none appears. So I just keep going further down this weird winding road that looks like it's in the middle of the country. Not the urban neighbourhood I just left with its delis and chain pharmacies. Finally, I see a turn off 50 feet before me. I look at the sign. The name of the street wasn't familiar, but I calculated that it would take me back in the direction I wanted to go. Yet the further I went down this road, the stranger I started to feel. Nothing seemed even remotely familiar in a way that is very hard to describe. Every city has its own look and feel. LA simply doesn't look like Cincinnati. And this didn't look like Pittsburgh. I guess it's just an area I haven't been to before. After five minutes of driving through Lord knows where, I banged the steering wheel and started to curse. I was lost. I was secretly freaking out. At this point, I had this realization That when you're normally lost, you have some idea of where you are. In the city, anyway. I had grown up here. But right then, if I had the guts to admit it to myself, I would have said that I was somewhere far, far away. The sun comes out. It is now a sparkling blue sky. I looked up at the brilliant beams of the sun. That was quick. I drove for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 Nothing looked even remotely familiar anymore. At that point, I was laughing and making half-insane crude remarks as road signs read names I knew were not from the area. Eucalyptus Avenue. There's no frickin' eucalyptus in Pittsburgh. Now, I feel like I'm by the ocean. Jesus Christ, this is insane. Then, suddenly, Eureka, a sign for the turnpike. Oh, thank you, almighty God. I know the turnpike. I know it like the back of my hand. 
to get home, all I needed to do was find exit seven. And no matter where in bleeding hell I was right now, I'd be home in 15 minutes. I needed to find exit seven. I pulled up on the on-ramp of the turnpike. Oh, that's weird. There's no one in the toll booth. It's empty. I look behind me. No cars. I was going to ask the attendant where I was, but... Jesus, there's nobody here. Okay, no big deal. It's automated. That's why there's no one here. I took my ticket from the automated machine. I drove onto the turnpike and looked at the card. Um, where is exit 7? It's not on the card. And the names of the exits, the cities, what are these? Jamesburg? Where am I? In Maryland? Now I realise that this is a brand new turnpike. And then I noticed something else. There are no cars on it. Not one going either way. Brand spanking new turnpike. Completely empty for miles and miles. Then I had an awful realisation. Oh shit, am I on a turnpike that isn't meant for traffic yet? I drove for 10 minutes. Miles and miles of two-lane, perfectly paved, brand new, empty turnpike. 15 minutes. Still no cars. So now, I realised I had to turn around. I know it's a huge fine, but what else am I supposed to do? I find a crossover, make the U-turn and start preparing my story to tell the toll booth guy, assuming he was just away on a pee break or something, and he'll be there when I get back. I looked out at the miles and miles of empty turnpike. Why are they building a brand new turnpike anyway? We already have a turnpike. Oh, here's the exit. Okay, prepare the story for this guy. But again, nobody at the toll booth. The toll gate is up. I drove through. Okay, now do I make a left or do I make a right? I made a left. And then, after only a minute or two, there it is. A road I know. I shouldn't be here, 30 minutes from where I started. But what the hell, I know this road, my relief almost brings me to tears. And so I drove home, shaken as shit. I get into the kitchen. How was the movie? My mum asked as I walked through. Um, yeah, it was okay. But you wouldn't believe how lost I got. I didn't know they were building a new turnpike. I was on that thing for 20 minutes, not one car. It was bizarre. My mother frowned. My dad smiled. What, isn't there a new turnpike? I don't think so, my mother said. Not that I've heard of, my dad said. They looked at me blankly, knowingly, like I just unwittingly admitted I'd been smoking some serious pot over the past few hours. For days afterwards, I asked around. Nope, no new turnpike. Fifteen years later, I was at a conference in LA where the speaker electrified us with one of his outlandish tales. One day, we were driving, he says. We turned down Alhambra when we looked around and suddenly, poof, we don't know where we are. We drove into another world. He smiles broadly, barely able to contain himself. I tell you, he says, be careful when you drive down steep, winding roads like this one. Apparently, once a great river flowed down this road, but now, even though it has long since dried up, the great energy of the river still flows through here and can take you away to another world. Everyone in the audience giggles nervously. I laughed too, 
Then something abruptly takes me back. I remember the steep winding road, the ghost turnpike, the shuddering realization of being lost in another world. From the stage 50 feet away, this guy turns from the crowd and imperceptibly turns a finger and points it at me, smiling. He knows, he said quietly, raising his eyebrows. I continue to live in Pittsburgh and still do to this day, but it was many years before I had reason to be back in the neighbourhood where the event first unfolded. Something about the area, the street, continued to impart a disturbing mood in me, as though I couldn't be anywhere near that theatre without feeling I was standing on a high dive for the first time, knowing it was too late to turn back. Then one afternoon a strange urge came over me. I found myself driving my car right to the corner of the avenue where I had parked those many years ago. I casually looked over like I was at my 20 year high school reunion facing the bully who had tormented me and I got a chill when I saw the name of the street. Forward Avenue. As though it truly is an otherworldly launch pad that thrusts you forward and out of this world into God knows where. Dim, dim, dim. Oh. So Will, what are your first thoughts on this guy? Like, was this guy having a little fucking shroom episode now? Did he slip something into his coffee before he left the house that night? Or what do you think happened to him? Yeah, like, <clears throat> it sounds like it's uh, drug-induced psychosis. Um, <laughs> in, my medical, um, in my medical opinion, I am a doctor. Um, these time-slippy type things always make me feel so weird yes yeah it's like how did that happen for starters why does it happen and it's always like these random like random circumstances like just driving along oh oh and now we're remember that remember the one we did it a couple of years well it's probably last year about i think you did it about that bunch of friends and they were in france or somewhere and they got they went to this hotel and this hotel was like yes back in the day and stuff what was that episode I have to find that and put it in the in the show notes here all our albums blurred one after a while we just do gracious <laughs> we just do gracious hits now um, yeah no it does it does make me feel weird uh, yeah it makes me feel really weird when I read it I was like Ugh. I found this story in this book which is gas it's called trucker ghost stories stories from the road and it's it's by a lady called Annie Wilder that's why it actually I, oh, I was actually drawn to it I was like I was like, oh, another famous woman by the name of Annie. There's me, there's Annie Lennox, there's this Annie Wilder. I mean, you know, it just goes on and on. Um, and it's really gas, but it's it's all it's it's really funny. Now, obviously, this guy wasn't a trucker, he was just driving his Oldsmobile. I just really feel like that's always from a movie. What's a fucking Oldsmobile anyway? I don't know. So uh it's it, like the stories in this book are crazy and they're all pretty much of people that were like out on a road in a vehicle on their own. Um, usually no other cars on the road and then something kind of weird like some kind of time slip or something kind of weird happens to them and they find themselves driving in a place that is totally unknown to them I thought it was really this one was really interesting though because this guy obviously knew this city quite well he had like grown up there so mm. you know yourself like your hometown like you you te- even if you get a little bit lost in your hometown you 
it, it's like he's saying like every city does have a feeling to it and has a certain kind of quality about it so if if you get lost in your hometown you're kind of like oh right I just don't know this street that well but if I take a left and then take another left I'll kind of come back around on myself and I'll be like you know cities change or whatever but you have a general idea of where is like north south east and west plus most US cities unlike Irish cities are actually blocked out in a very sensible way you know the streets are are in blocks so it's it, it's quite easy to get back to where you started if you take a wrong turn but this guy said that the complete quality of the place that he was driving felt completely different like he it felt like he was on a road in like LA or something and it was really interesting that as he got lost he was going down this hill and that's an important thing to remember because I started looking into this whole thing of like vortexes and wormholes and this whole idea that you could be suddenly transported. Right. Just like the guy at the conference who said to him, oh, you know, you've girl, you know, you've had an experience. Um, they are meant to be more prevalent in places that are really varying heights so like in places where there's like steep hills and that could be because energy flows more readily in those places and one of these places that a lot of this crazy cuckoo shit is meant to happen is Sedona Arizona have you ever heard anything about Sedona Will? Uh, no actually I haven't. Yes yeah, so Sedona is a city of I think it's only of about like 10,000 people in Arizona and this place is famed well number one it's famed for its beautiful red canyons Um, so when you think of like say the Grand Canyon and that kind of topography that kind of geology like that's what this place looks like uh, very very beautiful to look at but like huge valleys and huge huge high almost like cliffs made of this red clay and Sedona apparently is very famous for having these energetic vortex and a lot of people go there to experience vortex um, because they're meant to be of a healing power so uh, a vortex or vortexes are areas of concentrated energy arising from the earth some people believe that vortexes are a portal for celestial and terrestrial spirits you may feel a range of sensations from a light tingling on exposed skin to a vibration emanating from the ground when you enter a vortex. Most often a vortex is felt by a palpable sensation across the nape of the neck and the shoulder blades. Many people believe that Sedona in Arizona has several vortexes or power spots, making it a highly sought after spiritual and metaphysical destination. So as you can imagine, all the hippies go to Sedona and they're all like, woohoo, like, come here, pay me money and I will bring you on a spiritual <laughs> quest. And I don't know about you, Will, but I'm <laughs> totally up for it. I'm 100% up for that shit. I, I would be, yeah, I would be up for it. I think this calls for us to do our own experiment. I mean, if we were to go up on the top of a very steep hill and if I was to gently tap the back of your the nape of your neck or the <laughs> small of your back would you would you be um, transported if I also kicked you into next week would I be able to drop kick you into next week um, and you know you could report <laughs> you could report back I'm willing to try this experiment for you know paranormal reasons only um, and videotape it in the hope that it might go viral so we could uh, we could show the public you know that these things are real that vortexes are real um, 
I, I do have an image possibly of you, you know, after banging your head off a stone and then being like, I'm in Narnia. And I'll be like, she has made it to the other side. She has made <laughs> it to the other side. Um, and then, you know, we could also then from that, I could parade you around on the Late Late Show or various talk shows with my new book, How to Drop Kick Yourself into a Vortex. Um and and you you <laughs> after suffering brain damage could just sit there and smile and I'll be like Annie was there and tell us about your experience Annie and then you could just say Narnia and I'll take all the money don't worry I will give you adequate care it wouldn't be from me myself nor nothing to do with you only for promotional purposes would you be sitting beside me um but I'll make sure that you're fed anyway are you quite finished Will? I'm just about wrapping that up. Just about wrap that up there now. Instead of your hokey pokey science experiment, I think that we should look to actual science for an explanation for this. And unlike you, I do research for Sorry, Marshall. I think, I so think now, that was pretty scientific. <laughs> so now we're actually going to get sciencey, right? I know that your little head will fucking pop off in the middle of this first sentence because you're like, I'm not able to understand this. But I'm just going to try to explain it to you like in very, very simple toddler terms, okay? I'm not able to understand. <laughs> so so just try, okay? Just try. It's going to be a pop quiz after. So in the early 1900s, Einstein, we all know him, he postulated a theory of gravitation he called relativity. We've all heard of this. Do we understand it? No. Are we going to understand it more after I explain it? Probably not, but try he said a bunch of seemingly crazy things about light bending, objects with mass dragging space and time, just the way that I drag you through your life, and how the universe is hurtling away from itself, an expansion occurring at the speed of light. Well, according to NASA, another facet of his theory has now been verified. So NASA sent up this probe. Um, it's only in the last few years that they did this. I think that this... Um, this paper about the research came out two years ago so they sent this probe called the gravity probe b it wasn't a and it wasn't c it was the b probe it returned from its seven year adventure in orbit and it brought with it some rather mind-blowing news a space-time vortex exists around the earth just like einstein theorized a culmination of 47 years of scientific research, Gravity Probe B has not disappointed us in its discovery and NASA is calling it nothing short of epic. So space and time are melded together in something like a four-dimensional quilt. So if you can think of this, think of a quilt, okay? And the quilt mm-hmm. is called space-time. So the Earth applies weight to this quilt causing like an indentation in it so just imagine a heavy person just imagine me at 12 years old quite stocky sitting on the trampoline now that is earth i am earth and the trampoline is space time are you getting me are you getting me here i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 go on this is the earth sitting in the trampoline me earth on the trampoline Okay, Annie, you're the fucking Earth. Okay, Jesus. Somebody wants to be Mother Earth anyway. But what are wormholes? Wormholes are theoretical tunnels that run through the fabric of space-time. So imagine like popping a hole in that trampoline. And they could theoretically connect different moments or locations in reality 
to others. Also known as white holes, as opposed to black holes, speculation of wormholes has abounded for years. But despite taking up a lot of space and time in science fiction, no wormholes of any kind have actually been identified. Now, just because they haven't been identified, it don't mean that they don't exist. So if you could actually pass through it, and you've suddenly travelled a much greater distance than wouldn't be possible, obviously, using conventional means. You go through this little hole in the trampoline and God knows where you are. The catch is, though, while you experience passing through the wormhole and it will feel almost instant, huge stretches of time will pass for the rest of the cosmos. So it is technically possible, Will, but if someone were to travel through this wormhole and pop out at another space and time, they think that this kind of travel can only really be one way. So it might explain this man going down the hill and popping into another fucking universe. But how the fuck did he pop back out? Yeah. How did he get back from where he was? I, I, I don't know. It is all theoretical, but based on the conditions of the wormhole, you could pass through it. And from an outsider's point of view, by the time you appeared on the other side you might possibly be the last human alive in the entire universe. Because if you actually popped through that wormhole, the rest of time space would just keep on moving forward. You would stay still. And by the time you might get back out, everyone else would be dead. <laughs> There'd be nobody else around. You'd be like, what happened here? What happened? Which makes me think of your guy from last week's episode, who like 30 years of his life was just like, boom, maybe he popped through a wormhole. Maybe he did. Um, maybe he did pop through it and it was 30 years. Yeah, like, but then he had aged. I, like, if he was completely the same uh, youth-wise, um, I would be like, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty Will, crazy. I don't know if... Um, he was wearing the same underpants. He was wearing the same we underpants We don't know that. We years. do know his outer clothes were. <laughs> I know you would immediately think of the undergarments because you're, you're that way inclined and you do have those charges against you. But... Um, yeah, like it is, oh, I don't know, it kind of makes you think twice about if you went to the shop to get some milk. Like, do you really want to, oh, I'm, I'm just going to get some milk. again. And I'm never leaving the house next again. minute then you're on, you're transported to the wastelands of the earth as the sun envelops it in a billion years time. I don't know if oh, I want no. to. I don't know if I want no. to. No. I'm going to stay here by the stove. I'm going to stay here by the stove. And if we need milk, Dave's going to the shop because I ain't driving down any hills. I'm not driving down a hill ever. Just flat roads forever. Imagine Ireland in Ireland trying to never drive up or down a hill. I was just going to say, say, are we not living in the country that would be most, um, (laughs) has to have the most vortexes per capita. And therefore we should be like transported at every given moment. Because a gust of wind here would fucking transport you into next Tuesday. Oh but, my um, God. I think that you've been living in a vortex for the last few years because we've all moved on with our lives and you seem to still think that you're about 21 and you keep telling people online that you're 21 as well. <laughs> I just think that you, you pop through a vortex. Listen, I know you're jealous that I look younger than you, but this is just taking the piss. <laughs> and I'm also going to ring the police because I think the carbon monoxide is leaking from your stove and it's gone to your head. 
I know you're gone insane. Dave's going to come back about coffee and you're going to be inside the stove saying, I have been transported to the end of time and there is nobody here. I can hear the ducks quacking and I can hear my fiancé coming with my coffee, but I cannot Would see you him. Would you believe it? It burns. Just, it burns. A, just as you said that, my wonderful fiancé just walked through the door with a cup of coffee. So I'm going to have to go here well, now. Listen, he survived the vortex. I'm never going anywhere survived. again. I he got survived. a cup of coffee. I'm grand. I'm grand. <laughs> More than stories. Don't ever leave your house. Don't leave your house, guys. It's really not safe. So thank you very much for joining thank us you. for this mind-bending episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Will's just going to have to go lie down for a little while now yeah, because yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's not really used to taking in this yeah. kind of information. No, yeah, he mostly just spends his time on dating apps and there's nothing scientific about them. Exactly. There's an, it's very bog standard. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Don't date a guy that lives down a hill. Join us next week for more Mysteries of the Unexplained. Unexplained. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.